Benvenuti and ciao ragazzi to the 26th episode to our Wow, okay, gone. Benvenuti and ciao ragazzi to the 26th episode of In the Shadow of Vesuvio. My name is Henry Bell and I'm recording this in centre of European football culture, Paisley, on the, in the west coast of Scotland. That is not in the shadow of Vesuvio. But Michele Borelli is here at Napoli Tickets on Twitter. You are in the shadows of Vesuvio. Ciao, amico. Come stai? Ciao, amico mio. All, everything fine, all good. I'm actually even more in the shadow of the Vesuvia now because I had four trees between me and the Vesuvius. I had four trees right in front of my window and they just cut them down, actually. So now I have a clear view of the Vesuvius from my window. Perfect. And, uh, well, yeah, it's kind of sad, to be honest. I like those four trees. But yeah, well, goodbye trees. And uh, yeah, the Vesuvius is right in front of me. It's evening actually right now, but still, you know, like metaphorically speaking, let's say figuratively speaking, I'm I'm in the shadows of Vesuvius. And Did you yeah, sadly, them down? sadly not in past. What? Yeah, as commitment to this podcast. Did you chop those trees down? Not officially, but yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm a tree fan. In fact, interestingly, this isn't interesting, everybody. We will talk about football soon. There's a park around the corner from me in Paisley, which has every single tree that's indigenous to Scotland, and they've planted them all in a row, Brody Park. Sometimes I just look at them and think, isn't that interesting? It I is. didn't take you there, Michele. I'm sorry. I should have done. Yeah, well, I have an excuse to come back now. We could have eaten our fish and chips in Brody Park in Paisley, and nobody could ever accuse me of not showing you a good time. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so here we are, right? been a couple of weeks listeners dear listeners dearest listeners we will do this every two weeks minimum maybe a bit more but expect to show every two weeks no more we're both a bit busy but that's our new policy right Michele yes please yes let's try let's try um quite a lot's happened so what we're going to do today is all the usual stuff um Talk briefly about Spezia. I want to know all about where you watch that, Michele, because I always find the away games interesting because you watch them somewhere in the Naples area. Um, we're going to talk quite a lot, I think, about Roma-Napoli. Roma, sorry, Napoli-Roma, sorry. And I'm going to give a big plug to my, my Amici at uh, Glasgow-Napoli or perhaps Corva G, which is someone's idea for the uh, for the name of that group, which I think is a wonderful name. Um, nice. And then we're going to talk, I think, I mean, let's see what happens, but a little bit about the, the end of the season, about people starting to think, oh, God, do I actually have to get over there, ticket availability for some of the European ties and stuff. So you might be listening to this actually away from Naples thinking, how's it all going to work? So we're going to just think out loud Obviously, Michele, your expertise about Naples is huge. I have also made some plans to get over there as well. So we can we can share. That's the plan. Um, you can tell I'm in work mode, Michele. That was like the beginning of a meeting, wasn't it? I just read out the agenda. <laughs> you're so professional. You are so oh. professional. You, this, you, you're what this podcast needs. You know, we just need to do this more often. But 
You're we still just professional. Thanks, Michele. Well, so are you. Uh, you're wearing a suit. A lot of people can't realise this. You're wearing a, a, a like a Jim Carrey suit in Dumb and Dumber, but just like in the colours of of Napoli. Um, this is show twenty six. Come on, what's show? What's what's number twenty six in the Napoli Tombola? As is tradition. Napoli Tombola twenty six is Nanninella, which would be like, well, it comes from the name Anna, Italian name Anna. And it's, um, well, it would mean small Anna, piccola Anna. Uh, I I read right now, actually, because I had no idea. I uh, This is one of those numbers that I didn't remember at all. And, uh, yeah, apparently it was, uh, yeah, vir- the Virgin's Mary's mother, Anna. There we go. So, yeah. It, Anna, it yeah. took you about 40 minutes to look this up, listeners. So Because um, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. Sometimes, you know. Like I didn't trust it. I was like, what? It, that's because I only remember the dirty numbers. That's all I care about. But yeah, well, you're very excited about number 28, aren't you? Yes. We don't yeah. want to give things away, but like, yes. you know, it's going to be a big moment for you, I believe. <laughs> yeah, we don't care about Napoli. We don't care about the games. We only care about the dirty numbers. That's my excuse. Yeah, it's true. Um, so, big thing going on in Italy, presumably. I mean, for me, is the San Remo Festival, which is going to begin quite soon. Um, do you watch it, Michele? I do. I do. You know, it's it's changed a little bit. I don't know if everyone knows about what we're talking about. San Remo is basically the biggest, I would say the biggest event in Italy every year. It's the most watched uh, show in Italy, for sure. And uh, it always happens in February every year. It's basically just like a song competition. Um, new singers, old singers, they come up with new material, a uh, new unheard of song, and they compete with each other for the best song, basically. You know, but it's never about the actual song. It's always about the, dra- the drama behind the song. It's always about the guests. You know, it's, it, it lasts one week. I and, love uh, it so much, Michele. It's yeah. full of stories and drama and like there's a, an orchestra plays with the singers. So it's this weird mixture of like really old classic Italy from like 50s and 60s sort of thing in terms of like there's an orchestra and there's a conductor with some of the things, but also like super up to date, quite kitsch, Italian pop. And so in my watching it like from a distance is like this is really fun mix of of like ridiculous insane levels of like kitsch genuinely good stuff and general popularity um do you think that's a fair description of it mckinney yeah absolutely and that's all everyone talks about for the whole week so in italy, italy will stop for this week and they will all talk about um just sanremo sanremo all the drama everything everything like at least one big scandal every year takes place and um yeah i'm looking forward to to the next one i didn't know sarima started today but yeah well i mean it's tonight i told yeah. you okay i had no idea i had no idea i've been reading like press conferences because you know leading up to it there is a lot of again a lot of drama so yeah i've been reading about it a little bit but you know it's becoming i think it's lately it's becoming much much bigger among young people because sarima used to be this tv show for old people mostly, you know, like grandmas, mm. grandpas, uncles. But now a lot of, they made a very good job uh, making it more appealing to 
to the young audiences. So yeah, there is a lot of, basically, I know a lot of friends who actually meet just for, you know, Sanremo viewings, basically. And you know, having a San, a San Remo party, a bit like we do that in UK with Eurovision. Everybody, I, you have Eurovision parties. And stuff. Yeah, I did it last year, actually, but just for the final, the final day. We went mm. to yeah, friend's place and we watched the final. And yeah, that's quite fun, to be honest. It's just like, it's, but again, it's a song competition, but we don't care about the, the music at all. It's just, just about the drama, basically. The, you know, the dresses, the wardrobe malfunctions. Yeah. And, and the it's... fact you had a band like Manuskin win a couple of years ago, which is very sort of like, I mean, with my over analytical hat on, it's been interesting to see the recent winners. You know, if you think what Mahmoud and Blanco did last last year, which is quite a sort of ambiguous love song between two young men. And then you've got Manuskin, who are very much like part of this like new generation. This kind of conversation between this kind of classic feel of the, the sort of classic Italian festival and then this kind of, um, you know, new generation bursting through. I mean, there's some some of those clashes exist, don't they, in, in Italian culture at the moment? Or am I overanalyzing this? Mechanic? No, no, you're not overanalyzing. It's quite, it, again, it's quite interesting to see that because you have the young audiences in, involved and participating and voting for the young singers and the, the new ones. And then you have, you know, a lot of old viewers who don't get it, obviously. They don't get the man is skin, they don't get the Blanco and whatever the other guy. So uh-huh. yeah, no, yeah, so it's yeah, so it's uh you know, it's quite again, it's quite interesting, it's quite nice. Uh it lasts a long time. Because I mean, everything I think in Italy lasts for a long time. Like the yeah. Italian version of Dancing with the Stars lasts about seven hours. Yeah, <laughs> this one I think this one begins at 9 p.m. and finishes like every day ends about like 2 a.m. Something like that. It's quite it's quite I long. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't do it any other way. So, dear listeners, if you're on Twitter and your Italian, the Italian accounts that you follow doing lots of hashtags about Sanremo, that's what's going on. I think you can watch it on the Rye app. Honestly, if you're interested in it in Italian culture, it's a really good window, in my opinion, into like the the kind of feel of of modern Italy. And I think you can watch it for free, or you can watch like the highlights on the yeah Rye for app. free for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's probably enough. Um, San Remo chat. Uh, so the most recent game, which we probably won't spend a huge amount of time talking about, was Spezia Napoli. Um, as with all away games, I'm very interested in where and how you watched it, what you ate, where you were, who was with you. Now you don't have to give away all this personal information, but <laughs> Michele, you need. <laughs> but do it, please. <laughs> you just have to realize, Michele, that a lot of people listening to this show are not in Naples, and you are our. You know, we want to live uh, the Neapolitan lifestyle vicariously through you. So paint us a bit of a picture. Where were you? What were you doing-ish? All right. So I actually spent a very nice weekend in Bacoli. Bacoli, which is not Bagnoli. So Bagnoli is a Napoli area. It's part of Napoli. And it's where it's quite close to Forigrotta. It's quite close to where the stadium is. So but Bacoli is an entirely different town. It's basically north of Napoli, there is Pozzuoli, and then you have Bacoli, kind of, more or less. But it's quite, it's a quite nice area. It's quite a big, um, quite a big uh, town, actually. Not super crowded like Napoli is. And it has a couple of lakes as well. It has um, very nice beaches. 
Um, it's quite it's quite nice actually. And uh, we went there. We spent a weekend there. Um, we was beautiful, beautiful day. You know, very sunny, a little bit cold, extremely windy. But for some reason, not in Napoli. Well, not in Bacoli. In Napoli it was extremely windy, but in Bacoli it wasn't, which which basically helped us enjoy this weekend even more because I expected a lot of people because, it, well, Bacoli is quite the, a popular destination, especially in the weekend because they have a very nice park, very nice lakes, as I said. It's beautiful. I was there when I was there last year because we went to Proshida. You can get the boat, I think, can't you, from Bacoli, if I make that, that Yeah, that's right. It's quite close to Proshida. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so for some reason, I think because the weather was, the weather was nice, but it was extremely windy and quite cold so i think a lot of neapolitans decided to stay at home this cool. weekend so saturday and sunday we were basically alone and there was there was no one in bagoli we enjoyed a nice walk around the lake it was super sunny not even a cloud in the sky i enjoyed a nice sfogliatella riccia in a bar on the Just lake the only choice that you should make yeah, That's, actually, yeah. yeah, no, that, that was excellent. Actually, that was excellent because I, I wanted to go to a bar, which is basically a boat, on the in the lake, like floating on the lake, made bar. So I wanted to go there, and uh, it was closed. So you wanted reason. to watch the match on that boat, or is this is this is no, 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 no. This is in the morning. So this is Sunday morning, Saturday evening. I actually had a very extremely so we had extremely good dinner on Saturday and extremely good lunch. We were very lucky. We chose very well. So we went. Tell we me, had, come uh, on, tell me, tell me, tell me what this is. Come on, give me, give me, give me. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna give you pictures as well because I think I had the the um, nicest. I think the most uh, beautiful spaghetti alastice I've ever had in my entire life. It was wow. it was so good, so good. I had to take pictures. I I ate it so slowly because I really enjoyed it. It was a very small restaurant, uh, kind of hidden. Somewhere in Bacoli, we found it on Google actually, and uh, it was Beautiful. great. It, uh, it was again empty. Basically, it was like three tables, including us, on sa- a peak time on Saturday evening, and that was surprising. We had a you had the place to yourself. Beautiful. Basically, yeah, yeah, old, a very old style, you know, family business. Um, amazing, amazing experience. Can and you then, just tell um, listeners who perhaps don't know that what is inside that dish? Do you want to just? Paint a bit of a picture. Yes, what? I'm gonna send you a picture as well. Maybe we can share the picture. But as if you share... follow us at Shadow of Vesuvio on Twitter, you can see this interactive content. <laughs> yes. So Astiche is basically some I don't know how to translate it in English, but Astiche is some kind of uh, seafood. I think it would it, like it's close to uh, a lobster, but uh, not quite. I don't know what's the difference though between uh... a, a, a lobster. Which would be Aragosta and Astice in like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a secret now. Okay. I know I don't know a lot about Neapolitan food. Okay. I just I know that it exists. I know more or less what it it. is, but I I just eat it. I just eat it. So especially when it comes to seafood, like I don't know all the different fishes, you know, I don't know all the different uh, seafood and stuff, but I I know what I like and I know what I don't like. So sure. I just I just think that my my girlfriend's father is actually a fisher. He's an expert in this kind of stuff, and my girlfriend, as a result, is also quite an expert. So I I trust her when we go to these kind of restaurants to choose what's best for me 
But I, I really you've chosen that... you've chosen excellently because I've met your girlfriend and she's a wonderful person. But now the even more that you've you've definitely right made you know, some good decisions here, Michaela. So you've Astiche, got a... is, you know, spaghetti with Astiche is absolutely beautiful. It was was great. It was amazing. It was very fresh. You know, it's, well, you see the picture. You know what I'm talking about. It was honestly amazing, and we didn't spend a lot. We spent 18 euros for it. Again, nice, very fresh. Uh, yeah, excellent. And uh, we then went to have a to, uh, went to a steakhouse for lunch. So basically, here's here's what happened. Okay, so okay. the deal was we're gonna enjoy this Saturday evening. We're gonna go enjoy this Saturday evening and uh, um, Sunday morning, and then we're gonna go back home because I need to watch Spezia Napoli. So that was the deal. Of course. But when, yeah. Yeah. No. Honestly, that was the deal. But when I woke up on Sunday morning, the weather was so nice and was so beautiful there in Bacoli that I decided, you know what, I'm not gonna go back to. I'm not gonna go back home to watch the game, I but I do want to watch the game. So let's compromise here, and uh, we. I, and I think every, everyone listening can relate to this, okay? And I think you know, there's always a negotiation between people in our lives that would like to watch the match and people who are like not that bothered by it. And so this is this is good. This is good content that we can relate to, okay? No, but that's even that's even worse actually because my girlfriend was extremely, you know, bless her. She was extremely understanding. She was the one saying, oh, but we can't stay because you have to watch the game. But she was, she, she, wow. she didn't say it in a snarky way. She said it in an understanding, loving way. Like, what, what are we going to do? What are you going to do? Not watch the game? Of course you have to watch the game. So <laughs> I wanted to, no, no, she was actually like that. It was like, no, so, my, th- so my, this compromise was with myself, actually, because I wanted to watch the game, but I also wanted to stay in Bagoli and enjoy the weather, enjoy the, you know, the beautiful atmosphere there and the, you know, just the sunny day. So I decided, okay, you know what? I'm going to watch the game. I'm going to watch it on my phone and I'm going to yep. enjoy it. So after the game ends, we're going to go have lunch. Uh, I Because it was an early kickoff half. as well. So it's perfect. Yeah, it was. Perfect. Yeah, it was. Yeah, very bad kickoff time. But yeah, so I watched the first, no, well, the, the whole first half on my phone. Well, I mean, it was quite. It was okay. It was boring. Though. It was so boring. Jesus, that was like, yeah. oh my god! Like, I think everyone was a bit tired. It was a bit early for everyone. It was Spezia, Napoli, and us. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, we decided to go to this restaurant after the first half. You know, I decided, okay, you know what? I mean, I'm not gonna watch the whole game on my phone. Or maybe if I, w- I want to watch it, but let's let's go eat. I don't want to wait until three to go have lunch. So we went to into this restaurant. I had my phone with streaming on, and. Um, then I entered into this fabulous steakhouse and they had a game on. They had a big, beautiful television mounted on the wall with an oh. extremely nice Napoli scarf hanging underneath. Brilliant. And uh, yeah, it was. I watched the second half in the restaurant and we, yeah, obviously I had fun. I, had a, I ate a very nice steak, extremely good lunch and extremely good result. My girlfriend was a little bit embarrassed because I, she was like, okay, but don't. If Napoli scores, don't celebrate too much, you know, like be quiet, be quiet, you know. And well, I didn't, obviously. I mean, I celebrated hard and, and, uh, but yeah, everyone was a Napoli fan in that restaurant anyway. I told them, look, if they don't want to be bothered by my screams, they wouldn't, they wouldn't hang a Napoli scarf underneath the television. They're obviously Napoli. And have Napoli a TV fans, with a game on. Like, just exactly. Yes. I think exactly. that's, you're well within your rights. So it's like, it, it was such a weird game, though, wasn't it? Like, I was thinking I was just going to be one of these, like, uh, here we go games 
And then Spezia just basically handed us a gift of, of they just, the handball was weirdly straightforward. Ossiemen's goal, obviously like that leap is incredibly impressive, but also weird defending. And then the third was even worse. It's quite rare for, in my experience, for Napoli to be given such gifts, um, which I'm very happy for us to take. But um, yeah, some nasty territorial chanting again. I suppose the other thing is that Ossie, did you see the footage of Ossiemen going into the crowd before the game? Yeah, that was fun, yeah. Like, I like how he doesn't even think about it, you know, like that's clearly a hostile fan base, but he really didn't care. He was like, okay, I hate someone. I'm going to go apologize. And it's yeah. also funny to me how loving they were towards those men. Obviously, it was a nice gesture. So the Spezia fans, the Spezia ultras, actually, not just the fans. You know, they clapped and they cheered those men and they hugged him. They, you know, that's kind of funny, though, because then obviously after that, they showed him a lot of respect and a lot of love. And then after that, obviously, it was enemy number one. Horrendous. So, yeah, yeah, there we go. Um Anything stand out to you? But were you as from that game? Anything you want to say about that in terms of in terms of your experience of it? Or I, I just love the confidence. You know, it's this is something. This is something we've been saying since the beginning. I remember since August. You know, when we tied. I think I don't know. I don't know if you remember that, but after we tied against Lecce in August, it was probably yeah. our worst. And that's funny to say that now, but it was our worst period because we had two ties in a row. That's yeah. That's what, that's what. Yeah, that's our. That's what our crisis looks like, and uh, this season. But yeah, no, we we tied against Lecce. Everyone was a little bit uh, sad, obviously, because we won in against Monza, but then we tied two games in a row. So everyone was like, oh, "Okay, here we go again." This that kind of season. But I was very optimistic after that game, if you remember, because I said, yep. "You know, yes, we tied." But we draw, but I love the attitude because they never, we, we said that the game a little bit weird because mm-hmm. we had a lot of turnover, a lot of ben, um, people from the bench starting the game. But mm-hmm. the attitude was excellent. The attitude was nice. And we kept that attitude f- uh, for the whole season now. So that's what I like. You know, Napoli goes down one goal and then they immediately react and they score. Uh, Napoli... Uh, gets frustrated by Spezia parking the bus and defending the whole game, the whole yeah. first half at least. They don't care, you know, like even obviously with Spalletti's help because his changes are always on point. But we we don't get stressed. We we stay focused. And eventually, at least so far this season, we get the results. And that's mm-hmm. amazing because do you remember... In the, but that's kind of normal with every team. But remember, even for us, like in the, in the last few seasons, if the game wasn't going your way and you were kind of expected to win, you were the favorite one, you like the last 10 minutes was an assault, you know, but it was a nervous, like rushed assault towards the, the rival's goal. It was kind of like, okay, let's just throw bolts in the, in the, there was something so. I suppose the word I would use to describe it is neurotic. Yes. There's something quite neurotic. And I think that goes, I mean, I know some people get irritated with me saying this, but I think it does go back to Insigne and his slightly toxic personality. And <laughs> I think that did that did come across on the pitch a bit. And it's interesting how that is nowhere in this team. I mean, sorry, I know some people love Insigne and fair enough, you know, but uh, there's other reasons for it as well. I think there's a lot of players that had experienced a lot of near misses and those nerves kind of came into the team. 
we do have to give Spalletti a lot of credit here, don't we? Because obviously you're saying that I agree that he's been smart with how he's rotated the team. But I think he's also been really smart in terms of like handling the cheetah in terms of because isn't he starting to sprinkle in like Neapolitan expressions and stuff into his press <laughs> yeah. conferences and stuff? What was yeah. it he said a couple of weeks ahead of the Roma game? He said something that was like classic Neapolitan. I can't remember what it is now. But he seems to have really connected himself to the city, which I think is something that you've talked about a lot in terms of some of the less great things about ADL. Um but also just the mentality and the psychology of helping those t- the team keep going. So we have to give them some love, don't we, McKayley? Yeah, no, definitely. It's uh, if if the team has such a positive attitude, it's definitely definitely because of him. Because as yeah. I was saying, this team is very patient. This team is very. They know when to wait and they know when to attack. They never get neurotic. They never get anxious. I mean, look what happened with Roma, right? So yeah. Again, the Roma game is a game which Spalletti won, basically, right? Because El Sharawi scores the 1-1 at 15 minutes to go. And that's kind of a must-win game for us because, I mean, it's Roma. And, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's a must-win game because we, we lost against Inter and uh, we, 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 ne- we really needed to win, even though the table says otherwise. But we really needed to win, I feel. And yeah, he he substitutes Osimen for for Simeone. And then, you know, we never rushed the play. We never rushed the build-up. We waited for our moment. We stayed calm and we scored. And that's again for me, I think that's some precedent, you know, and it's Oh, that's it's the story of the sure. season. I mean, it's not the only time that's happened, is it? It's it's there've been so many times where we've I mean, even in the away clash yeah. uh, against against Roma, Osiman scored in like the 85th minute. It was a wonder goal, but it was no, my, my point is like my point is like even as a fan, especially in the stadium, like you are one-one after after um, you know having been up for you know basically the whole game. You as a fan, you want the team to push hard. You know, you want the team to throw a lot of balls into the 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 box. You want to, the team to fight, and you know, even in a confusing way. But you want the team to basically uh, try and like try kind of keep Roma in their half and in, the, in in the box. And that's not the way to go. That's not what the team does. You know, it's it, they stay calm and they actually wait for it and. They, it's. I think it's a learning moment even for us fans, because. Well, I was are... about to ask that. Just like, do you think that this is beginning to? I mean, obviously, the Tifosi are always going to be very superstitious, very nervous. There's been no Scudetto since 1990. But do you think that some of this is having an impact on the way that the club is supported in the stadium? I think so. I think so because it's you know it's paying off, and obviously this season started not too well not not in terms of results but in terms of expectations obviously no one expected anything close to what we are achieving right now and you know the season ticket uh numbers prove that because we only have about 12,000 13,000 season tickets and which which obviously proves the fact that no one actually believed in this club you know after selling so many big players and buying unknowns no one expected this to happen, and yeah, the season started a little bit, um, yeah, well, disillusioned, 
I would say, you know, we really weren't into it. Yeah, I wasn't into it. I was like, okay, this is gonna be, you know, kind of, it's gonna be a season. That's what I, that's what I thought. It's just gonna happen. This season is just gonna happen. I thought you were very good. You were non-committal either way. You were just basically suggesting the players are improving, which could go one of two ways. And I thought you did very well on that. So, um, okay, we're talking about. Let's formally start to talk about about the Roma game. So obviously. We haven't done a podcast since then. Don't worry, listeners, we're not going to go and into match analysis here. Um, so before we talk about this, I have to talk about Glasgow Napoli. I have to talk about Corovagi. It was the first meet we met in a pub in the west end of, of Glasgow, and we what we persuaded them to put it on the screen. There was I have to give everybody a shout out because these are the OGs. There was me, there was David, there was Liam. Now I have to remind me, I've got a question from Liam about the Scottish beer. Uh, who was the it's me, David, Liam, Kia, James, Jamie, Kevin. Oh, I'm gonna miss someone out. I'm gonna get in a lot of trouble. Uh, oh, somebody else is there. Wow, you didn't he, write them down. Wow. No, I can remember it. Yeah, sure, I can see. Yeah, I can remember. <laughs> anyway, we had an amazing time. I'm gonna remember the other person in a second. I I don't know quite why I've forgotten. Kevin. James, Jamie, well, that is everyone. So nobody there had any connection to Naples, like in terms of their DNA. There was one person there that's half Italian. Um, this hilarious mix of people. There's someone who makes electronic bagpipes. There's someone who works on remote fish farms in the, the west coast of Scotland. You know, teachers, people, a lot of people who have spent time in Naples working for an NGO and these things. But everybody had this passion, including someone that, that lived in Cagliari for a while and support chose Napoli to piss off his mates in Cagliari, which I thought was such a good reason to support a football <laughs> club. And we watched the game together and we had an absolutely fantastic time. It was really interesting just to share everyone's stories about what, what brought us to Napoli. Everyone with a slightly different version. So that was great. We're going to meet every, I think about every month. If you're in Scotland and you want to watch a game, let me know. Just drop me a DM. So that was a great feeling. And then over in the States, there was this huge gathering. Michaela, did you see the footage of this? Yeah. In, in New York. So you had Rafa and Rafa and the tri-state Napoli and all these different and the Philadelphia Napoli and all these different and the Toronto club all came Beautiful. together and it was huge. They like shut the block down. It was incredible. Um, and then Napoli won. And it's interesting over here. Okay. Let's out of Naples. I think this was the moment that everyone was like, okay, I need to get to Naples at some point this season. Yeah. Now we're not going to talk about the S word and I myself have done it. <laughs> Was this a similar sort of feeling in the cheetah itself after the game? Do you think that was some kind of psychological turning point, perhaps? I think so. Um, I couldn't say why. I honestly have no idea why, but I felt it myself. I'm not going to mention what, seeing people cry after the Simeone goal, which happened. Yeah. Well, because, you have. Well, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> And uh, well, no, I didn't cry this time. I didn't cry. Okay, but uh, no, I was no, but it was an extremely emotional game. Again, I don't know why. I mean, I couldn't say why is it more. It, it's not about Roma because yeah, we have a big rivalry with Roma. But I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't get the pleasure. Like it's not like Juventus, you know. Like yeah, we beat Roma, but I don't get you know sexual pleasure from beating <laughs> Roma like I do from getting Juventus. I don't. I, I'm happy about it. But I'm, yeah. I don't get aroused by it. So that's the difference. 
And uh, no, it was extremely big. And uh, I think, you know, like, obviously, every You can't game... say that you got aroused and then it was extremely big. So close. Well, I just did. I just did. And you, and you will interpret it any way you want. Because <laughs> I, I'm not going to say I meant it any way or the other. But yes, it was huge. It was uh, extremely big. Uh, also, the results. And uh, we, <laughs> we, you know, we really enjoyed the game. And, you know, obviously, every win we get now, it's one win closer to the objective but it's also one fewer game so champions you know, league qualification exactly right yeah even even europa league you know like i'm not gonna throw it away yeah. but it's uh you know we're getting closer to it you know it's, it was a, i think i think it was a big game also because it was quite difficult i think roma played such a such a good game in my opinion it was a great and, it was a very high quality game of football i thought yeah, and um, I mean, it's proved by the fact that Mourinho was so happy about the performance that they took a selfie, they took a photo oh, in so the dressing funny. room. I think it's one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen in my life. I watched that picture and I laughed so hard. My girlfriend thought I was crazy. <laughs> I had to describe <laughs> it. I looked, no, no, but you don't understand. They actually took a picture to commemorate losing against Ravoli. That's so funny. That's such a funny picture to me. And, you know, if we got to the point where we beat our rivals and they are still happy enough to take a picture to commemorate the event because they didn't concede five goals like Juve did, then I think, you know, this is going well. Yeah, that's, that's a good season. But, yeah, no, it was a difficult game, obviously, extremely tough. You know, Roma played very well, in my opinion. And um, we How won it the... at the last minute. It's one of, the, I mean, such a, Good goal, right? Such an emotional goal, such a but the noise, goal. Michaela, like on TV, it seemed like the loudest I've heard it since maybe Renica's goal against Juventus in that quarterfinal of the UEFA, which I wasn't at. I mean, I'm just watching the TV footage, but like that it seemed noisy. Like, how did the atmosphere compare to the UV game? Um, would you say it was the the decibel, the decibel uh levels? Um on that goal was was as high as you've known or i have no idea because i'm screaming myself when it happens and i'm screaming regardless so i i honestly have no idea i just i can tell you that after simeone scored i found myself horizontal with i would say three to five men on top of me and two to four men under me so that's what happened uh, after Simeone scored, and uh, my father was one of them. Okay. So, Excellent. so yes, no, it's not dirty. It's not dirty. That's fine. But, no, no, that's you. That's your mind. That's not mine. That's uh, okay, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Just for the listeners, you know. But yeah, no, it was that kind of goal, you know. When yeah, yeah. when you celebrate so hard that you find you, you you can't stand, you can't stand up anymore, and you just find yourself horizontal, and you, yeah, that's it's quite dangerous to be honest. But I love it. I love it. It, it didn't. It doesn't happen all the time. Mm. But when it does happen, I love it. It's, it. It it means that it was one of those goals which you know you're gonna remember probably for your whole life. It was when very fun. Walking across Piazza Plebiscita. Yeah, I had a lot. I had some friends watching the game in other parts of the curva, and then when when Simone scored, they ran all the way to where we were, and they just be, literally, literally, they jumped on us, and yeah, we celebrated like that, which is also quite dangerous because we are in row two, so. You know, oh yeah, so we are quite close to, you know, the 
Be careful, yeah, Michaela. You've got to make it to the end of the season. You've got to make it to the end of the season. Yeah, I'll try. No, I'll try. I can guarantee it. I can guarantee it. Especially if it goes how we hope it's going to go. But, you know, it was yeah. quite fun. It was very funny game. And uh, the atmosphere, I would say it wasn't that different compared to the Juve game. The difference compared to other season is that every game feels like a final. Every minute counts. Every you know, ball possession counts, every tackle, every save. It just, it honestly feels like a final. It feels like a knockout stage. That's why it's getting so big, you know, the atmosphere. That's why it's always sold out. Mm. It's just like every win, it's, it's, not like, it's not like any other win. Every, win. every game we win, it's one step closer. And it mm. honestly feels like a knockout stage of any, like a Champions League or any tournament because it's, we don't take these wins for granted. I would say probably in the past, if we won, not against Roma, even against Roma though, maybe, we would be like, okay, you know, job done. Let's you know, see each other let's, next week. You know, let's see what happens. But no, this time, like every win gets celebrated quite hard. You know, like we have, oh. like lately, they've been uh, shooting fireworks mm. outside the stadium after we win. Which is quite fun, right after right right uh, right uh, outside Curva B, which is quite fun. You can see, you know, the faces of the people. We, it's like we win a trophy every time we we win a game now in Serie A. It's it's amazing. amazing. It's it's very stressful. It's very very stressful. That's why people cry. You know, there are tears of joy, obviously, but there are tears of, you know, they come so a release. Isn't yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's that's why that's why we cry. It's because it gets so stressful, and obviously the stadium is a multiplier. Because I'm not I'm not saying that you know if you watch at home, I watch at home. Obviously, I don't go to all away games, so it's tense at home, but it's not as tense in, in the stadium. It's kind of a multiplier of emotions. If you are sad, it gets sadder. If you are happy, it gets yeah, happier. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's if you're uh, aroused, you get even more aroused. So the um yeah. uh let's I want to talk about your advice to people listening who are who are far away. Now it would strike me listening to what you're saying that coming to see Napoli play during this run is going to be an experience, really, no matter what game you're watching between now and the end of the season because there's something about this which does feel quite unique. Would you say that's fair enough? Yeah, no, yeah. As I said, regardless of the rival we face that week, it's just the game feels like a final. Like, honestly, it does. It's, so it, it really doesn't matter. It could be Roma, Juventus, or it could be Cremonese, like it's going to be next week. Well, this Sunday. But it's just, it's, you know, we're competing for such a big objective now that it really, like, every... Every point is the same. Three points against Roma are the same as three points against Cremonese. So it really doesn't matter. We we have that goal in mind, and obviously every win gets gets us closer to it. So yeah, it doesn't. It really doesn't matter the the, the rival and the kind of game. Obviously, the bigger the big games are bigger. Obviously, and people are starting to look towards the end of the season now. And I think, I mean, obviously. Everyone listening, it is your own responsibility to sort your own lives out. But we can, I wouldn't mind just having a bit of a chat about this because I suppose what I was just thinking, listening to you speak there is for people to to be quite smart, I think. So, you know, maybe there's the sort of last minute flight option sort of thing. Go to see a game in the next month or so 
as well as thinking maybe towards the end of the season, because it sounds like it would still be an amazing experience. Tickets have got a lot harder to get hold of, right, McKelly? And can we, should we just remind everybody of how it works? Like, it's it's about two weeks before the game that tickets actually formally get released, right? That's right, yes. So a lot of people obviously have been preparing for, you know, the end of the season. So a lot of people have been thinking about it. Uh, I'm lucky enough to live here, so I don't get to make any i don't have to have any arrangements you know because i'm gonna be here and i'm lucky enough to have to have a season ticket so i don't struggle for tickets but um that's not the case for the most fans and obviously as you can imagine this you know this season is quite special we haven't had something like that for many many years i think people really don't realize how historic this is going to be this has the potential. But even if it's not going to happen, it's still historic, you know, being in the, fight, 100%. in the fight. So I think people know that it's special, but they don't realize how special because I'm getting a lot of requests for, you know, tickets for the last games. And they're like, a lot of people are like, oh yeah, but I really care about this. So please, can you do something for me? Um, so here's the deal. A lot of people care about this. A lot. And when I say a lot, I don't mean thousands i mean millions mm. just in italy just in campania there are like two three million i would say a couple of million of napoli fans and keep in mind that they're gonna be only about thirty thousand tickets on sale because obviously we have to you have to take away the season tickets quota so you have about you know the capacity is fifty four thousand. take away about three four thousand for the away section for the tribune which don't go on sale and you have about 47, 48,000 tickets for the general public. You take away about 15,000 for the season tickets, and then you have the 32, 33,000 tickets on sale, on general sale for every game. This is 30,000 tickets going on sale for a demand of about, in my my opinion, it's going to be millions because it's not just going to be Napoli fans. It's also going to be neutrals who want Mm. to attend this historic event. So when you plan on coming to Napoli for, for example, Napoli-Sampdoria, which is the last home game. Which I'm going to go to Napoli for that. So I've booked my flights. I've got my accommodation done. So I'm going to be there that weekend. And when I say this, I'm I'm speaking to Henry specifically. I'm not speaking to any other person. So I'm looking at Henry in the eyes right now. I'm telling you, Henry. If you plan on coming to Napoli Sampdoria, the last game of the season, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be extremely hard. It's going to be the hardest, I think, ever for Napoli tickets, you know, because yeah. you have to remember last time Napoli won the Scudetto, you had um, non nominal tickets, which means that you could buy tickets on the secondary market. Now you can't. So once tickets are sold out, they are sold out. That's it. Right. Please remember that you can't buy Napoli tickets on the secondary market because Napoli tickets are non-transferable, which means that you print your own name on the ticket and then that makes that ticket yours. You you are the only one who is legally allowed to use that ticket. And once the name is printed on the ticket, you can't do anything else. You can't give that ticket to someone else. You can't resell it. And obviously that means that you can't buy a ticket on the secondary market because it's going to have someone else's name on it. On it, So 
it's going to be extremely difficult, if not impossible, to get these tickets. It's going to be like winning the lottery. And you're saying that to me, you know, you're close confidant podcaster a man who opened literally opened up his house to you you know <laughs> to stay in you know he showed you enzo's fish and chip shop in paisley that you know show took you to all the great sites of paisley so even to me you're saying that michaela yes that, that brings me to my second point no one can guarantee napoli tickets because napoli tickets needs to be need to be customized as i said with your own name on them, which means that Napoli tickets are sold, are managed centrally. They like people believe that ticket stores have like an allocation of tickets and they can sell their own allocation, which means that like if you pay enough, you can guarantee your ticket. That's not the case because everyone has access to the same number of tickets. They are centralized. So in theory, one ticket store can issue all tickets for the stadium or none. You know, it depends. Obviously, it's it's mostly about luck. So it's so okay. Like, and then, no, let's not no matter how you. how much no matter how much you beg me, I can guarantee tickets because I can. I just can't. That's not how that's not how it works with Napoli tickets. I'm gonna try, but but I also think it's read. worth saying that being in the city itself will be an amazing experience, won't it? I agree. I agree. Uh, I mean, you mentioned the fireworks. So. There'll be all sorts of things happening. And like, so I think that if you're planning on going in that build up, and obviously it might even happen before then, um, is, you know, don't bank on being in the stadium, but go there to experience the whole event from the city's perspective. And yeah. there's going to be all sorts of amazing stuff going on. Um, as per usual, you just DM you if you want to get in touch about tickets and stuff like that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Facebook, and dealing- Instagram, maybe, yeah. maybe not Twitter because Twitter has been giving me some problems lately. But yeah, yeah. no, absolutely, absolutely. And so, and also for everyone listening, that Michaela is super busy this season because there's a lot going on. So, but you do get back to everybody. And I was talking about the other day to some people here in Scotland who had a, a wonderful time with you. So I, I do think. Yeah, I mean, if you don't get in the stadium, it'll still be amazing. So I'm in my head, like if I can get to the game, that would be an amazing bonus. And and you know, I still want to keep the pressure on you, McKenna. But if I don't, then there's <laughs> we'll still, try, we'll try. I'm gonna still... try, but lower your expectations. Not just you, Henry, but everyone. Uh, don't yeah. expect you know no no amount of begging or even like throwing money at the problem will solve it because it's mostly random it's mostly random and it's kind of fair right it's i mean it shouldn't be just people paying a lot of money to watch this game i Um, couldn't agree more actually and i think um on that whilst we're talking about this before we we've got a few more minutes left but do you want to give us an update on Champions League? And let's start with the tickets, but then I want to hear more of your thoughts about the Champions League in general. So if people want to go to the away game or the home game, what do they have to do? Yeah, so again, as I said, it's not going to be easy to get any ticket for Napoli games from now on. And that also applies to away games. Champions League away games are a little bit more difficult than Serie A games because Serie A games are kind of restricted, which, I mean, it kind, of, kind of a paradox, right? Because they're restricted, but they're easier to get. Yeah, I mean, that, that applies. But Champions League games are, you know, bigger events. So obviously there is more demand. Case in point, 
general, well, the sale for the away tickets in Frankfurt started today. It was just priority sale for season ticket holders. And um, they finish in two hours, which is, well, it's, it's not a lot at all because Napoli tickets for the other away games in the group stage didn't, well, they actually managed to go to, to general sale. And this time they finished in two hours for the, in the priority phase, which makes me sad because a lot of people wanted to attend this game. And, uh, well, it's, well, guys, it's, it's just, you know. So it's, it's quite a low chance that there'll be anything left, presumably. I think that. zero. I mean, it wouldn't make any sense to keep some tickets for the general sale because it would be, it would, it would be a little bit dis- disrespectful towards season ticket holders, I would say. Because sure. when we got our season tickets, it clearly said you're going to have priority on away tickets for Champions, in Champions League. And obviously, a lot of people, a lot of uh, season ticket holders didn't get the chance to get their tickets today because, again, they sold out in two hours. Mm. Uh, that was not me. I was lucky enough to get in. But it's... So you're going? You're going to Germany? Yeah, yeah, I am. I didn't tell you. Yeah, of course I'm going. Yeah. Are you going with your dad? I'm going with my dad. Oh, mate, that's going to be amazing. Yeah, hopefully. Frankfurt. I know yeah. Frankfurt Airport quite well. It's very big. And I'm not going to Frankfurt Airport. <laughs> it's uh, gonna be yeah, no, it's never like that because when Napoli, when the draw happens, everyone books their flights. So you have like a two minutes window to book affordable flights for yeah. your uh, for the away game. And uh, yeah, that that never happens. So we got a flight from Rome to Luxembourg, and then we we are gonna hire a car from Luxembourg, and we're gonna drive all the way to road trip. Frankfurt. Napoli yeah, road trip. Oh yeah, wow, yeah. that'd be cool. Okay, I can't wait to hear all about this. Um, and for the home games again, it's it's gonna be very high demand, presumably for the home. Yeah, home. yeah, yeah. So cool. Again, I'm gonna try my best. A lot of people have been already in touch with me for old games until the end of the season, and that's what I tell them. You know, like I'm gonna try my best, but no guarantees, especially no guarantees of you know stadium sections because. These tickets, just, like all yeah. games, are sold out now. All games are sold out, and just get uh, what you can. Basically, I think. Okay, cool. So, and how do we feel about it? a lot of my mates who know that I support Napoli, who follow other leagues, like in England or Scotland or Spain or whatever, have been saying, you know, I think Napoli are a decent shout for the for the Champions League. I just can't see it, Michaela. I just can't see it. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Like, I think it would be, I think it's been really nice that we've showed the world how good we are as a team. In my in my mind, like anything is a bonus in this competition, but maybe I'm I'm less of a of a red-blooded um Tifoso. What how how about yourself? So yeah, a couple of things because I was talking with my father and with some friends about it. And it's funny how little we are thinking about Champions League right now. Mm. That was funny to me because it came to me. I realized all of a sudden, oh, wait, we are actually still competing in Champions League. And in and of itself, this would be like, even if like we were doing bad in the league, you know, the round of 16 Champions League is still something which hasn't happened a lot in the, in the club's history. So this will still be counted as a, probably a quite successful season yeah. for how we, were, how we did in Champions League so far. But obviously, what we are doing in the league is overshadowing everything, everything else. So we are still in Champions League, but no one is thinking about it. And I wasn't thinking about it. And I am the one who booked the flights 
for Frankfurt. <laughs> and I wasn't thinking about it. I was like, oh, wait, I have to go to Frankfurt in three weeks? Wow, I totally forgot. Any other season, I would be... I, mean, I still am very happy, but I would be extremely, you know, I would be extremely focused about it, let's say. Sure, I would sure, only sure. think about that, but no, this season is special. And I'm going to say something controversial now, because that's something I said in a, in a chat, I mean, on WhatsApp. And okay, I also prepare realized, yourself for a hot take that is coming from yeah. Michaela, everybody. Again, this is something I realized about myself. I don't necessarily agree with it, but that's something I realized. And that's what, that's what it is. I realized that a part of me, a small part of me, but a part of me, nonetheless, doesn't really want to win the Champions League this season. Whoa. Okay. Explain. Show, show your workings. Justify so, your So, yeah, again, this is, this is not rational, I would say. This is not rational. This is something I realized because with the prospect of winning Champions League, I realized I didn't really celebrate let's say you know like the thought of winning mm. the champions league i'm not maybe maybe it's maybe it's so unreal that i don't even think about it but it's just that probably i'm so focused about Serie A and the s word and everything that goes with it and you know the end of the season napoli sampdoria that winning that and champions league would kind of diminish the achievement in a way mm. you know both achievements actually yeah, because yeah. maybe I don't know. I don't know why. I still don't know why. I have to go. But also, like, how much would you enjoy that last day of the season if the thing happens, knowing that like a week later there was that final on the horizon? No, whatever. I have no idea. How do I even start to think about that? I have no idea. Yeah. I would feel like, you know, I've accomplished everything I had to accomplish in life, <laughs> which is funny to me because that's another conversation I had with some friends in the past. It's problematic when you start thinking that Napoli victories are my personal victories. But that's how I think about them. You know, that's, I think, how a lot of Napoli fans process and think about Napoli victories. I was like, why? I, I don't, I've done nothing. You know, I only paid for a ticket and I feel like I'm winning. I feel like I'm, I've actually accomplished something with my life with this with this Napoli victory. So that's well, the weird thing. It's the weird thing about yeah. culture. Weird thing about football, isn't it? How, how invested. So, I mean, we'll talk about this on once we get out of the season, but the other thing I think, and I know I'm getting massively ahead of ourselves, but you look at the state of Milan, Inter, Juve, all the Northern clubs, and you look at the state of Napoli, that there is the potential for an extended period of time where I'm not saying the S word's going to happen again. And this could be, you know, whenever, but there's a the potential for being able to concentrate on the Champions League in the next sort of two to three years, and maybe we might enjoy it with a bit more focus. Who knows? Um, really cool. Okay, we've no comment. We've we've gone for quite a long time, so let's um, let's do the Neapolitan expression of the week, and then let's let's all go our separate ways ahead of uh, the Cremonese game. Okay, so. In light of what we are achieving right now and in light of Napoli's recent performances, I would say that, you know, the general atmosphere in Napoli is um, ecstatic. Everyone is happy, but we are not relaxed. I don't think there is any celebration. Obviously, we celebrate individual victories, but there is, I don't think, I've never, I haven't met anyone in Napoli was convinced we're going to win the Scudetto like 100%. I don't 
I don't think we can afford that kind of thought. I understand. I understand people saying, you know, it's delusional to think that Napoli is not going to win it. I understand it because obviously if any other team would be, would have been plus 13 at this point in the season, we will all say the same thing, right? Okay, this season is over. Let's think about the next one. But Napoli is the kind of team which cannot afford this kind of logic because we haven't won anything in our history. So we really can't take it for granted. We never can take it for granted. I, again, I don't want to jinx it. I mean, but I think people who are already celebrating are jinxing it. So I don't want to say, you know, but you know, look at Milan. You know, Milan seems unbeatable just a few months ago and then look at them. I'm not going to so say... bad at the moment. Right? It's incredible. I'm not going to say that's, what the, what, that's what's going to happen to us, but I'm going to say that probably Milan-Napoli is the only game where we were, where we were uh, outclassed. I don't think we deserved to win that game, but we did, and that was nice. That's but we didn't. Point. That right? was not a good performance. Yeah, absolutely. No, not at all. They, I think they dominated and the Inter game. Inter as well. But Inter, we just looked half asleep after the break, to be honest. That was... Yeah, yeah. And we deserved the loss, though. But against Milan, you know, I think they played much better than us and they ended up losing, but they looked better than us. Like more yeah, of a that's team. True. And yeah, then yeah. look at them. Look at them now. So, so you know, um, anything is possible. What I'm going to say is I'm looking out for signs of Napoli um, kind of look, losing focus, let's say, because I see players very focused. I see a lot of concentration. I see a lot of, you know, will to win this league and I haven't seen any sign from from the team from the club from the manager from the players of you know actually um, losing the grip let's say on what what we are fighting for so that's that's good but never say never but we haven't we haven't won anything in our history so let's what's be the fucking expression Michaela come on come on cut to the chase therefore you set this up go for it no, but that's important, though. That's important because pardon my French. Pardon. A lot of people say, "Oh, yeah, you know, let's celebrate." No, that's not time to celebrate. Which brings me to the phrase of the week, which is "Free pesce e guard ayat." Friggi il pesce e guarda la gatta. In English, it would be "Fry the fish and look out for the cat," the female cat, actually. Which means, like metaphorically speaking, it would mean you know, enjoy the present, enjoy what you have, but still be careful. Keep an eye on the threat. Keep an eye on what can take that, you know, the reason why you're enjoying the present away from you. So in that, in this phrase, I would say the gatta, the cat is inter, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's good yeah, that we could, don't even know. They could go on a run. They could go on a run. Right. But it's kind of, I mean, it's good that we can even identify who the, who the threat is. Mm. But still, still, you know, I would say probably, and I mean, everyone says that, but it's true. The biggest threat to Napoli is Napoli itself. Yep. So, yeah. So, I mean, we're plus 13. So if we don't, what I'm going to say is this is going to be historic either way. Because we are either going to win the league by a lot of points, and that's historic, and it's already historic because it's, we are bringing all records, or we're going to lose the league, we're going to lose the Scudetto after having led with a plus 13, which forget is unheard Di of. Forget Filippo, forget any Neapolitan drama, this would be the, the biggest Neapolitan drama yes. you could possibly imagine. Yeah, okay, very cool. I thoroughly endorse this message, Michele. 
Uh, great to talk to you as always. Um, we can find you on Twitter at Napoli Tickets. Also, uh, you're on the other platforms and things like that. I'm at Henry Bell Culture. You can find some of my writing in the Gentleman Ultra. And also, The Guardian had something a few weeks ago, not a few weeks ago, last week about Napoli Roma. Um, this is part of the Far From Vesuvius podcast network. And just a shout out to my fratelli in, in Napoli, Glasgow. So if you are Scotland-based and you fancy meeting up every now and then to watch a match, do drop me a DM and you can come and join the group of original gangsters. Um, great. Cool. Well, Michele, ciao. And forza Napoli. Sempre. Sempre.